Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup, research published between the 28th of March and the 3rd of April 2023. I'm Katrina Pairds, the research correspondent for the ME Association. It's been a quieter week for ME-CFS research ahead of Easter, with only two new ME-CFS studies but 20 new long COVID studies. We have highlighted one of the ME-CFS studies in more detail. Paper 1 looks at the sex differences and function following exercise in 22 females and 15 males with ME-CFS and 14 healthy controls. What differs in this research is that a more tolerable level of exercise was used, which was a 6-minute exercise test followed by 30 seconds of squats on two consecutive days. Patients in the study were assessed for fatigue, function and heart rate over 15 days for the exercise taking place on days 8 and 9. Unfortunately, results from this study were disappointing. The ME-CFS group showed high self-reporting fatigue and impaired physical function, whereas healthy controls did not show fatigue or functional abnormalities. No significant post-exercise changes were found for heart rate variability in ME-CFS. Female patients showed increased fatigue after the initial walk test, but this effect was short-term. Male patients showed a decrease in self-reported work limitations in the days after exercise. ME-CFS patients had returned to baseline fatigue levels at day 15 of the research, with decreasing fatigue levels on day 9 to 15. The healthy control group showed a decrease in heart rate after the walk tests on days 9 to 14. The researchers had hoped to show that females compared to males have a slower exercise recovery on autonomic or self-reported measures, but results did not show this. We frequently see intensive cardiopulmonary exercise testing CPET used in studies to induce PEM, which is extremely difficult ethnically to employ in the MSDFS population and will only have the mildest severities participating. Previous research has shown that on average it takes two weeks to recover from CPET. It is refreshing to see an exercise study that is more tolerable to people with ME and could be conducted at home, which allows expansion of participants included. However, there is a lack of details on the severity and function of those included in the research. Furthermore, this level of exercise will be far above the capabilities of many with ME, especially those severely affected, so still will not capture the whole range of severities. As shown in this research, it is extremely difficult to achieve the right balance between a lower burden exercise protocol and being able to detect small biological changes. It is a shame that no biological measures or chemical changes were measured in the blood or the urine, as we have seen promising research in this field of late, such as the study by Glass et al. 2013. Unfortunately, findings from this research lead to the conclusion that more vigorous exercise testing is needed. Hopefully advances in this field will allow the right balance to be achieved so we can establish the level of exertion that is needed to trigger PEM and find biological changes. Some of the highlights in the long COVID research this week include Paper 1, which looks at interleukin-6, IL-6, to determine whether levels pre-COVID-19 determines fatigue experience in long COVID. LI-6 has been investigated in a number of long COVID studies and is a multifunctional cytokine that plays a central role in host defence due to its wide range of immune activities and its potential ability to induce acute phase responses. Furthermore, it plays a role in persistent fatigue.
Unfortunately, the study did not find a specific link between COVID-19 infection, increased IL-6 levels, pre-infection, and resulting fatigue. Papers 2 and 3, which are not strictly on long COVID, but reviews evidence to date on brain structure changes from COVID-19 infection up to one year after. The research shows that COVID-19 causes brain shrinkage and prolonged neurological symptoms related to the areas of the brain affected. Paper 4 looks at the changes in monocytes, which is a type of white blood cell involved in fighting off infections. And this study looked at the monocytes from hospitalisation to 9 months after infection with COVID-19 or RSV or influenza A, the flu. The study found that there is a unique monocyte signature developed in long COVID which is not present in RSV or flu. The study shows that monocyte migration plays a key role in long COVID. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.